Welcome to Seeds of Hope. Listen now to this encouraging and uplifting message of faith and trust in our Lord, shared by Father Mike Moore. So today in the Gospel, we hear about the most famous wedding in all of scriptures, the wedding at Cana. Now, I've been a priest almost 39 years, and I don't have an exact count, but approximating what they were each year, I think I'm around number 500 for weddings that I've been a part of. And those of you who are married, you know, perhaps in your own wedding, there could be little things that go wrong. So I thought about some of the ones that happened in my time. I remember when I was a young priest, about seven minutes before the wedding, I went over to the groom and I said, I wonder if you could give me the rings and I'll put them on a little tray and then they'll be right there. We'll bless them during the ceremony. And the eyes of the groom got this big and he got a scared look on his face and he said, the rings, I forgot the rings. So they were, I said, well, where are they? He said, well, they're back at the house. Where's that? A half an hour away. So there was a friend of his who was dressed in his military whites and he went, he came back in a half an hour. <laughs> and I thought, you, you, didn't, you didn't just do the speed limit, did you? No, he said, I didn't, but the officer was really friendly when I, he stopped me. <laughs> So that was one of them. And these next two, I have permission to kind of say them because these, these people talk about them publicly too. The second one was, uh, I was right here actually, right here in the church. I come in on Friday night for the rehearsal. So I said to the couple, hey, why don't you give me the license tonight? And they looked at me and said, the license? We thought you were getting the license. I said, I said, me, I'm not getting married. <laughs> so this is Friday night. All the government offices are closed for the weekend. I can't marry anybody without a valid license. That story got worked out, but it's got great details. And then the third one was a young man, who I still know this couple today. He is so skilled. He built his own house. I mean, he had contractors, but he was working with them through the whole thing. He could do woodworking, he could do electrical, he could do the whole place. His whole house is beautiful. Very humble guy, very humble. And he was very nervous when we started the wedding. So when you know when it comes to the time when you exchange rings, you're supposed to say, please take this ring as a sign of my love and fidelity. Well, he got to that point, <laughs> just came out. Please take this ring as a sign of my love and fertility. <laughs> you know, they do have two kids to, on this, to this day. <laughs> so things can go wrong. Well, that's what happens today in the gospel. And this thing that goes wrong is huge. For the Jewish people, hospitality is like right up here. So to run out of wine is a big, embarrassing moment. Wine is very important in the Jewish culture as well. It permeates the scriptures. 
You know, we hear about Jesus' stories. He talks about the vineyards. He talks about, I am the vine, you are the branches. When he's at the Last Supper, he takes wine and changes it into his blood. At the Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon all those frightened disciples, and they went out boldly preaching after that, the people who heard them, some of them mocked them and said, they must be full of a lot of new wine. So you see wine going through all along. There's a rabbinic saying that goes like this. Without wine, there is no joy in life. Yeah, they were, they were part of their life. So scripture scholars will say, this is not a throwaway story. Because Jesus says, it's not my time yet. So this isn't John the evangelist saying, you know what, here's a good story I got to tell you before we get started with the gospel. No, this is foundational. It's the very first sign that Jesus does. So the scholars say that when Mary comes to Jesus and says they have no wine, what she's really saying is they have no life. They have no joy. And that's going to be what John reveals in the gospel all through those chapters is that Jesus came to give us joy. He came to give us life. In chapter 10, Jesus tells the people, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. In chapter 15, before he's arrested, he says to his friends, I have told you all this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So what happens in the wedding at Cana is the beginning of what gets described all through those pages. So I thought of this as a way to pray for all of us in the parish. I've had two other masses today, so I've been spreading this around. And I plan to do this too. In that story, we hear about six jars, stone jars. They're probably, because they're 20 or 30 gallons, they're probably about this tall. And they probably have some shape to them, you know, artistically. That's a lot of water. And it's filled to the brim. So I thought, what if all of us, if you like, for every day this week, we think about our lives as if there are these six jars. So whatever your age is, divided by six. I'm 64. So my jars are going to be 10 years of life at a time. One through 10, 11 through 20. If you're 12 years old, well, then it's going to be two years at a time. And those first two years, you'll have to ask your parents about. But here's what I want you to do, and what I'll be doing. When you get up, or when you're driving around in the day, think about that period of your life. Filled to the brim with experiences. Here's the question. When in that particular period for that particular day, did Jesus turn water into wine in your life? Where did something happen that was beautiful? Now you might say, well, I didn't get religious till I was like 30, so why should I think about the first years? I would say, don't pass them up. 
Because sometimes when we reflect on them, we see things we didn't see before. Like for even for me, I wasn't religious my first 10 years, but when I look back now, I see where God was there. I see moments that stand out, either ways that my family loved me or things that happened to me in those first years. That was a moment when the water turned into wine. And then at the end of each day, say a little prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being as you were in Cana. You were there in my life too. And then you go the next day for the next period, all the way to Saturday. So let me give you two examples to like say, well, what, what are you talking about? What's this like, that these moments that turn water into wine? But one's dramatic, and one's like every day. Here's the dramatic one. I had a priest friend of mine who went into a hospital room, and you never know what's gonna happen when you go in a hospital room. So he goes in there, there's a man in the bed, and evidently his wife and his son, he's asking the nurse for morphine. He sees my friend with a collar and he says this, get out, I don't believe in God, go. Now my friend is a kind of a stubborn guy, he didn't leave. He went into the corner of the room and he sat down so that guy's talking to his wife again, and then he notices he's still there. He said, didn't I tell you to leave? And my friend stood up and said, yes, you did, but I didn't. It's just the way he talks. <laughs> he says, well, why are you still here? Because you need God. Where's God? You tell me, where's God? I'm dying of cancer here. Where's God? And my friend started to walk slowly to the bed. And he says, he's very near you right now. Something happened. They started talking. And then he started talking to him about going to confession. Man was asking the priest about confession. He just said he didn't believe in God. He, he was just hurting really bad. He asks his wife and his son to walk out of the room continues to talk to the priest. Afterwards, when, the, when they come back in the room, they have the most profound conversations between husband and wife, father and son. It was a moment of transformation. For him, that was a moment of water turning into wine. His family is so grateful for what happened there. That's a pretty dramatic story. For, especially for it to happen all in that one spot. Oh, then the nurse comes in. This is an exact quote. She has the morphine. And he says to her, I don't need that anymore. I just got the best medicine I could ever receive. So here's the everyday one. I used to be at St. Lawrence a few years ago. The sixth graders were going to confession. So if you're 12 years old around there, this one might be something like it for you. I was telling them about, you know, reminding them about the form of confession and the act of contrition. And then I told them who the priests were gonna be. I said, I'm gonna be there. Father Chuck, the assistant, he's gonna be here. And Father Rock's gonna be here. Well, when they heard Father Rock was gonna be there, they cheered. 
I've never in my life heard anybody cheering about going to confession. <laughs> and these were sixth graders. <laughs> was one guy in the back who's even doing a fist pump. <laughs> you know Father Rock, he's a Franciscan. He used to help out over there. He never wore shoes when he said mass. He had socks on, but no shoes. There's a legend over there that one day a homeless man came to him and asked him and said, I, Father, I need some shoes. And Father gave him the shoes off his feet. And ever since then, he doesn't wear shoes for mass. I never proved that, but that's the legend. So he died on Christmas Day about six years ago. And of course, the kids were mourning. I said to them, why did you love Father Rock? They said, oh, he was so kind. If you needed something, he would stop and listen to you. I believe when they saw Father Rock, they saw Jesus. It was a water into wine moment for them. A simple one, huh? But they were transformed in his presence. It brought them closer to Jesus. So those are a couple of examples. Now imagine this, all through this week, all over our parish, people will be tasting best wines again from their life and appreciating it much more deeply. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you would like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike in your web browser or wherever podcasts are available.